Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. Good evening and welcome to this very special Good Friday service. Tonight, our platform chair team and readers team, together with Jean-Marie, will present to you Jesus Christ's last seven words based on the metaphysical interpretations provided by our spiritual leadership team. Mixed in with some contemplative music, we proceed quietly and with ease. Sit back and enjoy as we begin with our first song, Return Again. Let us pray. Tonight we celebrate not the suffering, but the potential of resurrection. Tonight we let go and we crucify those things that no longer serve us. Tonight we come together in communion and remember the truth of God's self of the Christ within, of who and what we truly are. Tonight we're here to listen deeply, carefully, with love and care, and so it is. Amen. time. 
Sometimes I wonder, is God really there? Can you take the pain away? Why no answer to my prayer? When I'm feeling so alone, I don't know what to do. Are these the questions? Jesus also knew that night in the garden when he knelt down to pray. Did he feel some of the same fears that I'm feeling here today? Tonight, we are celebrating one of the most important Christian holidays, reminding us of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ leading to his resurrection on Easter. In unity, we believe that the story of Jesus' crucifixion is a symbol of our ability to crucify or let go or what no longer, of what no longer serves us so that we may resume into a new higher self. The Easter story is one of waking up, our true nature, which is met with much joy 
and celebration. Tonight we're giving us the gift of remembering who and what we truly are to actively engage in our spiritual process over the next three days. This special service was put together last year during the, pan uh, during the pandemic, actually two years ago during the pandemic, by our spiritual leadership team. And tonight we have our platform chairs and our absolute word readers help us make this service possible. And of course, our wonderful choir and our music team as well. For more than 40 days, we have prepared ourselves for this journey as we either picked up or let go of something during our Lenten season. Now is the time to enter the realm of all possibilities, to reap what we sowed and share our learning and gifts with our community. So sit back, carefully listen, and enjoy. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Luke chapter 23, verse 34. When Jesus Christ says these words, he has been hung on the cross between two criminals because the Jewish priests, leaders, and people demanded his crucifixion. Co-founder of Unity, Charles Fillmore, wrote in The Revealing Word, that crucifixion is crossing out errors in our consciousness that have become fixed states of mind. This crossing out is the forgiveness aspect of Jesus Christ's words. In unity, we learn that we are the activity of God principle. There is no supreme being outside of us doing the forgiving. Therefore, Jesus Christ's words would then make sense as, in principle, I forgive them. And that is the act, and what is the act of forgiving? Again, the revealing word says that forgiveness is the process of giving up the false for the true. So, in principle, we are releasing the false and embracing what is true, because they don't know what they are doing. And what are they doing? Judging the Christ? Denying the Christ? Attempting to extinguish the Christ light? When we deny our divinity and attempt to suppress it, aren't we playing the victim? Is there a they outside of us? When we see this happening, we are reminded to cross out or let go of the victimizing of our true self. We need to remember the truth and consciously step into the activity of God that we are. Let us then affirm in remembrance of Jesus' words, I forgive and let go to embrace what is mine to do. Together, I forgive and let go to embrace what is mine to do.
Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Luke chapter 23, verse 43. Here are the events about which these words were spoken. Jesus is on the cross with the two thieves on either side of him. One is mocking him, asking him who has such power to save them all. Jesus does not respond, but the other thief asks in all humility, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus then says to the second thief, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. When we come from a place of victimhood, much like the first thief, God is silent to us. This is because we are unable to hear, see, or intuit God, self, because we are so caught up in the busyness of our lives. But when we come from a place of humility and openness, like the second thief, we recognize our inherent divinity and allow ourselves to express it consciously. We always have the choice. We can choose to see our past errors and come from a place of anger, victimhood, and resentment, or we can choose to see our past errors and awaken, be humble in our vulnerability, and open our awareness to our divinity for self-guidance. Charles Fillmore interpreted paradise as a state of high spiritual consciousness. So Jesus was saying that today you will be with me in this state of high spiritual consciousness. Today, in this moment, as we let go of the past, we can move into a new day, enlivening in all possibilities. So let us then affirm, I choose my life as I accept my paradise. Together, I choose my life as I accept my paradise. I am with 
And he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. In this passage, Jesus speaks directly to his mother and to the disciple who is standing right next to her, who is generally considered to be the disciple John, who represents love. We can understand from a human point of view that Jesus wanted to be sure that his mother would be comforted and cared for after he was no longer physically present. Who better to do that than John, who always led with his heart? Next, the next line in the scripture says, and from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. By uniting the loving energy of his mother that is always and of his cherished disciple, Jesus ensures a wonderful vitality of love that will grow and flourish. This union also important for another reason. Since Jesus' mother was present at the wedding at Cana and was witness to the beginning and to the end of his incarnate ministry, and John was at the Last Supper with the disciples when Jesus commanded them to do works of love, together these two represent the continuity of Jesus' ministry from the incarnation to the future life of the community. We too can unite and radiate the harmonizing power of divine love for ourselves, others, and for the world. Let us affirm then together to remember this word Jesus spoke. I am perfect expression of love, ready to share with others. Together, I am the perfect expression of love, ready to share with others.
My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? From Matthew chapter 27 and Mark chapter 15. At this point, Jesus uses a loud voice to call out words that are actually the first lines from Psalm 22, a plea for deliverance from suffering and hostility. Although Jesus doesn't go on to speak the rest, this psalm has 31 verses and seems to prophesy the crucifixion. It also turns from lamenting towards words that are uplifting and affirming, saying to praise the Lord and that I shall live for him. When we suffer, it's easy to focus our attention on our condition or situation. We may experience discomfort, if not outright agony, from physical and also emotional or mental pain. We may start to question. At the same time, we have the power to affirm the truth and turn our thoughts back to our Christ nature. In George Lambs's translation of Matthew's Gospel from Aramaic, he suggests that the same sounds Jesus uttered could also mean, my God, my God, for this I was born. In other words, his crucifixion was his purpose, not to suffer, but to live. In the worst of circumstances, remember to praise, to forgive, and to use our God power for good. It is always our choice. Let us then affirm together in remembrance of Christ's words, I am born and reborn to fully express my life in this world. Together, I am born and reborn to fully express my life in this world. We're going to do something special tonight that we have not done before, so I want to make sure that we should probably have some light for this. Um, I want to make sure that everyone got these communion cups as they came in today, and if anyone did not get it and would like one, as we're going to take communion together in just a minute, then please raise your hand. Everyone on stage has one, wonderful. Please pray, raise your hand if you don't have one, and then our ushers can bring you one. All right. So. The communion, as you probably remember, comes from um, 
Monday Thursday, the Last Supper. And here we still have um, a quick memory back into the pandemic. This is how we had to do and how Jesus and the disciples had to do the <laughs> communion, right? So, um, and often when we, when we think of communion, we have this idea of the body of Christ and the blood of Christ in mind because that's often how it was uh, presented to us. But there is a different way of actually looking at it. We have um, this beautiful verse here that introduces us to the body of Christ. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And you might be wondering what that means. In unity, we believe that bread actually points to something else. It points to universal substance, which is a different way of saying it points to infinite potential, the potential that we all have access to, the potential in which we can dive in and bring out more of what we truly want and desire in our lives. And bread has a symbolism. It comes actually in the Hebrew scriptures and the Christian scriptures. Bread shows up all the time. Hebrew scriptures, when the Israelites were in the desert, there was the manna, the bread from the heaven that came. We have in the Christian scriptures the feeding of the 5,000. It was also the bread that was broken and shared. It's a symbol of the power that's within us and the infinite potential that we all have to do the things that we truly want to see happening in our lives. Another verse says, then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the, for many for the forgiveness of sins. And again, when we look at the symbolism of what mine actually means, it is symbol, a symbol for water of life or vitality. And it connects the link or it, it links between the body and the soul. It's a symbol of how there is a consistent, constant flow between our spiritual and our physical being 100% human and being 100% spiritual, divine at the same time. And finally, when they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Places have meaning in the Hebrew scriptures, especially, but also in the Christian scriptures. All the places that we read about in the Bible have a specific meaning. All the characters have meaning. And Mount of Olives is one of the strongest representation of what it means to be truly us, to be the truth of who and what we are. And it means the exalting of divine wisdom and love, which together is compassion in consciousness. 
So as we take communion together, and I invite you to do this right now, I want you to remember that the bread is not anything but substance of life, our ability to create whatever we desire. So you may open up, if you've never done this before, you kind of like have to lift the top and then you get access to the wafers. And if you're lucky like I am, you get two. So, <laughs> so as we take this, we remember that bread is the symbol of substance of life. And then as we open up the wine or it's not wine, it's grape juice. And you, it might be a little bit difficult to get to it. Just be careful. And as we get to it, we remember that wine represents our divine connection. And as we drink the wine or the grape juice, we remember that we bring life and vitality to what we create. So as we stand together tonight, those here in person and those who joined us online, we allow our love and wisdom to exalt for goodness of this world. And just as we come together as a community, let us just say the prayer, the Lord's Prayer together, King James Version. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but believe us from evil, deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Oh my God, my God, how I love thee, how I love thee, how I love thee, oh my God, my God, how I love thee, how I love thee, my God. 
In John chapter 19, verse 28, Jesus calls out, I am thirsty. Jesus has a need and we, are, and we are reminded of the fact that no matter what else, Jesus was still human. He asked for a need to be met and with that, it is met. One of his own executioners lifted up a sponge that had been soaked with vinegar and hyssop, a soothing thirst quencher. When we are in need, maybe even at our lowest point, if we ask in full faith, our request is met. Jesus' statement, I am thirsty, gave someone an opportunity to fulfill the request, an act of kindness in the midst of a mob. Someone reached deep into their heart to meet a need, to see a fellow human being in need, and to give, to serve, and to love. In all of our humanity, no matter how much it falls short, no, how to, no matter how much we mess up and fall down, we always have the opportunity to give to another. Even with our human foibles, we can love, reach out, and give enriching life to others. As we serve and give, we also see that we have a need that we have a thirst. It is a thirst for our own divine potential that is within and always available to us. According to Matthew chapter five, verse six, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Let us be truly thirsty today for our own potential to realize our divinity. Let us then affirm, I thirst for my own potential to realize my divinity. Together, I thirst for my own potential to realize my divinity.
It is finished. John chapter 19, verse 30. With these words, Jesus is nearing the end of his physical existence. We realize he has done all he can. He has completed the work he undertook, dedicating his life to teaching about the divinity of humankind. In an earlier passage in the Gospel of John, Jesus talks about freely choosing to lay down his life. Though his physical life is ending, it is a necessary step in the triumphant declaration of his divinity. Jesus has completed his work in consciousness. From a Unity publication, we learn that when we can truly express love toward all without regard to what the physical world seems to tell us, we are completing our work in consciousness. In other words, we are seeing beyond outer appearances to inner truth. We may persist in using only our human resources while ignoring our divinity. We may believe we must do it all on our own through human might instead of aligning ourselves to the unlimited substance of divine mind. Charles Fillmore said, humankind has access to divine ideas and through prayer and meditation, one quickens and appropriates the substance of those ideas. When we choose to use our spiritual practices, we align our talents and gifts with unlimited potentialities and possibilities. With Jesus Christ as our example and way shower, we can accept our humanity and claim our divinity, our own innate God potential. In this way, we are complete. Let us then affirm to remember this word that Jesus spoke. I am complete. Together, I am complete.
Before we move on to the seventh and last word spoken by Jesus Christ, let us give ourselves the gift of an opportunity to contribute to what we're doing and what we are about. As our ushers come around, you may leave your tithe or love offering or place your hand over the basket to bless our contributions. For those online, we will post a link for you to make a donation, or you may go to our website to do the same. In whatever way you choose to contribute, we are grateful as we bless our love offering together. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. I am grateful. Father, in your hands I commend my spirit. Luke chapter 23, verse 46. In these final words of Jesus, we are experiencing the conclusion of his life's purpose. As life as a, a life as a human expressing his divinity. This final step of the creative process is the complete surrender to God. We've done the work. We put our intentions in place and we disciplined ourselves with love and care. And now it is the time for us to let go. A final homecoming, a being at peace. Looking at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ through the lens of his last seven words, we begin to understand how it all applies to us right here and right now. We are learning to embrace the value of forgiveness, appreciation, and acceptance where we are at. The loving kindness expressed from us and to us, embracing even the darkness that we may still experience, we embrace our humanity as we thirst for spirit and we complete the work that ought to be done. And then we surrender all in a brief moment in time, all with the intention to grow and expand, allowing the crucifixion to proceed, embracing the letting go of what no longer serves us to conclude, so that then we can rest and resurrect ourselves anew. Will you speak with me the final words of Jesus Christ as you imagine to share his power as your own I surrender myself to the goodness of all. Together, I surrender myself to the goodness of all.
It's been a joy having you with us tonight. What a wonderful way to move into this Easter weekend. Our special Easter Sunday service begins at our usual time, 11 a.m., with an opportunity to pick up a carnation and affirmation, as this is our tradition in our community. We will also take communion together after we learn a little more about its symbolism and how it applies in our daily lives. After the Sunday service, we will have our Easter egg hunt in the sanctuary and our second Sunday potluck in the fellowship hall. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening and a peaceful Saturday. Until we're together again for our special Easter Sunday service, good night. Let us rise for the prayer for protection. The light of God surrounds us. I am the light of God. The love of God enfolds us. I am the love of God. The power of God protects us. I am the power of God. The presence of God watches over us. I am the presence of God. Wherever we are, God is and I am. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org. 